Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and today we're talking Game Lancer. It's a company founded by Rosvan Romanescu and Darren Lopez, and it allows casual gamers to book sessions with top players, streamers, and celebrities. The website is currently in beta with around 10,000 signups so far. Roz, Darren, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having us. The duo also recently brought on John Monopoly, the former manager of Kanye West, Missy Elliott, and Busta Rhymes, to bring celebrities onto the platform. And on this show, we're going to talk about the current business opportunities for top gamers, uh, be that professional play or streaming, and some of the issues that come with those areas. We're also going to touch on the rise of celebrities playing video games. You have athletes all over Twitch, rappers like Logic retiring to become Twitch streamers, and a general trend of celebrities crossing into gaming. That's an area that Esports Network is focusing on as well with the Gamer Hour. It's our new show hosted by Chris Puckett, which is set to begin filming next week in Reuters Studios in New York City, where Chris will interview top celebrities about gaming and then we're also going to talk about tiktok game lancer runs some of the biggest gaming channels on the tiktok platform we're talking about why that platform has been so successful for gamers over time but let's start broad with game lancer what was the problem you guys are hoping to solve when you found a game lancer a few years back yeah it's a great question um so socials uh i mean gaming is a social endeavor and we realized it's not the game you're playing that necessarily matters it's who you're playing with and we realized there's 3 billion gamers in the world. They commit five to seven hours a day playing video games. And the only way they have to make revenue right now is either streaming or becoming an esports professional. But we believe there's a huge gap in the market. And that's individuals monetizing their social time, their personalities, and their skill sets by connecting with other individuals to play video games together and ultimately make people's gaming experience better. Absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely true. We've noticed that a lot through this pandemic. People who, you know, I'm not really a big Battle Royale guy, but I play Battle Royale because it's where my friends are. And it's generally, I think, but a big reason why that genre has been so successful is that it brings people into a more casual environment where you're just kind of shooting the shit with your friends a lot of times. It's not necessarily in high intensity competitive experience always uh, and battle royale has now become just such a popular genre due to that communication due to that social aspect that the genre naturally provides yeah 100 percent. same goes um, every time i'm about to play a video game if my friends aren't online i'll likely resort to doing something else just because i'm there for the social aspect um, catching up with friends it's basically like going out for a drink or hanging out and doing an activity together but more or less, it's about connecting individuals through gaming. Definitely. And that also translates to the platforms that people are so attached to, uh, in Twitch especially, where you have people watching this and you have a level of communication where you have the chat and a community based around watching somebody play that game. When you think about top gamers and these different communities that they've developed, what is the some of the issues with the current there's two pathways for top gamers right now. You either go into professional play where you're hardcore scrimming and you're at League of Legends Worlds in Shanghai right now, or you're on Twitch and you're streaming to a community. And in both of those communities, burnout is a pretty big problem. Professional players are retiring around the ages of 24, 25. And we've heard a lot of streamers talk about how they can have issues with burnout as they have to go live constantly and if they stop going live suddenly algorithms are no longer as kind to them and it doesn't really allow you to take consistent breaks uh why is burnout such a big problem at the top level of gaming darren you want to take that yeah sure 
So it seems like the barrier to entry is lower. So a lot of people could just be playing casually at home and all of a sudden they become the hottest thing. They have a clip go viral. Now they're the hottest thing in gaming. So they replace someone who's aged a bit more and your reflexes have dropped. So now this 16 year old is killing Fortnite's hottest thing and he's on top of the game now. Right. And you don't feel like you can let that momentum go. You've captured something, something that a lot of people are trying to do, which is gain popular on these platforms. Uh, and then once you have that, it's hard to ever figure out how you could step away because you don't want to lose whatever momentum you have at the time. Exactly. So why is it important for us to open up some alternate pathways? Uh, we've seen people like Ninja take breaks and then start opening up sponsorship opportunities where he has those as a different pathways, exclusive deals on different platforms, allowing you to have a baseline revenue. And then Game Lancer sort of provides something similar where, hey, this might be another way for a top gamer to leverage their community and not have to be live on Twitch eight to 10 hours every day of the week. Yeah, and it's also complimentary to Twitch. So you could be on Twitch and let people know, like, hey, if anyone wants to hop in, let's play. Here's my Game Lancer link. And now you're running a session while you're streaming. And it also adds that extra value. Instead of someone who's normally just tipping you um, to support you, now they, they can actually tip you in a way that they're playing with you. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point is how you could have that there. You could even have it be based on contributions to a Twitch channel. You know, subscribe to the channel for... Uh, 10 months or something like that. And then we'll, through Game Lancer, we'll play a game together or something like that, where you can have it be a reward-based system as well. Is that how you've seen it be leveraged by streamers in their communities where it's something that they could do in addition to Twitch or they could do something as an added bonus for their community for staying involved? Yeah, definitely. That's something we, we let people know they could do. We're not telling you, like, don't Twitch stream. It's complimentary to it. You could do both. You could do both at the same time. I want to touch on something quick too, Mitch. Uh, you hit it right on the head that it's exhausting being on camera for extended periods of time with hundreds, if not thousands of individuals watching you. You can't necessarily always be yourself or be comfortable and it's stressful for a lot of individuals. Game Lancer is focused on the gameplay and audio chat while in the game. So we're not trying to compete with Twitch necessarily. But it is hard to stream nonstop and to be an esports professional, you're practicing just like you're a pro athlete. Every single day you're running scrims, you have practice. It almost takes the fun out of it. And at the same time, for the wider market of the 3 billion gamers, it's very hard to get into the you know, esports professionalism or get to the point where you have thousands of viewers concurrent on stream, but you still can be good enough or cool enough or personal enough for somebody to say, hey, I wanna play with this individual next time I play, just because I know I'll have a better time. Definitely, are you seeing more people flock to it for the learning aspect, the coaching aspect, where, hey, this person's really good at a game and if I play with them, they might be able to give me some tips and tricks, or are you seeing people do it for the fandom aspect, where, hey, I just really enjoy watching this person, I enjoy you know, who they are as a person and I want to play some matches or is it a little bit of both where people are doing it for, for different reasons? It's definitely a mix of the two. Um, there's some other verticals also. Some are using it in an individual way where they're not necessarily even large gamers. Let's say you're somebody who's an expert in the music industry or in the e-commerce industry, but you play Fortnite casually. 
you can say hop in a Fortnite match with me and discuss e-commerce or discuss the music industry for $50 an hour. Now you're playing while discussing something else. So we've seen a lot of people use it in different ways. Um, coaching and learning is a, a small subset of the platform. We're seeing that mostly people are leaning towards just uh, connecting with people they think they'll have more fun gaming with. Makes sense. I think that leads itself to the celebrities and the bringing out of Java Play. Just seeing how many uh, celebrities are playing video games. They're they used to be on Twitch, but they used to do it very poorly. They didn't have cameras set up. They weren't interacting with chat. And over the pandemic, with sports on hiatus, we've seen celebrities realize how to be good streamers, which is more than just you know setting up a camera and going live. They're interacting with chat. They have everything set up. They have good audio. They have good video. Uh, it all works pretty seamlessly. Is that a big application? So, you know, as you bring on Job Monopoly as a former manager of massive hip hop stars, where are you hoping that celebrities fit into Game Lancer platform in the future? Uh, yeah. So when they actually want to play with a celebrity or a pro gamer, um, Monopoly has a reputation in the industry of making individuals money and bringing good deals to the table. Um, he's well known for not wasting any artists or management agencies or anybody's time. So when he brings an opportunity like Game Lancer, which is uh, actually a revenue making opportunity and it's not super invasive, it allows you to connect with your audience if you're an existing gamer. Um, they're much more open to the idea and uh, they will give it a shot and then see for themselves uh, the quality of the product. So it positions us in a way that uh, we become a trusted source in the industry. Is there any good example of something like Game Lancer when it comes to corresponding with a celebrity? You know, when I think about fandom interacting with celebrities, it was very rare even just five to 10 years ago. And that was social media. It felt like people got a little bit closer. You have Instagram Lives where people are at least uh, having some sort of dialogue sometimes. You got things like Cameo where people are paying a good amount of money to have Snoop Dogg send them a 30-second clip. Do we have any real good example, and I can't really think of one, of being able to just play a game with a celebrity, assuming it's, you know, say a, a Fortnite match that takes 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, is there any previous example of that kind of dialogue with a celebrity existing in any other platform? Because I can't really think of one. Yeah, there was no centralized way to do it before. And that's why we realized there's a big gap in the market that is worth filling. If you see anybody post a picture on their social medias with a Xbox controller, a PlayStation controller, or a headset, the comments always go insane with, how can we play together? How can we play? What's your tag? Let's connect. But there's no centralized way of doing it in a way that's not invasive. People aren't answering their DMs from cold, cold intros. People aren't responding to comments because it doesn't look like you can select one-off individuals to play with and ignore others. So this gives the celebrities a way to say, hey, I'm a gamer. I know you guys love me. And since you're my fans, we can connect to play together. That celebrity might not do it for the revenue. He might do it for something charitable and just connecting and engaging with their fans. So it's still a good way to connect, you know, stream, have a good time playing with your fans. But for some A-listers, it's not always about the money. It's more about the, just building that deeper connection with their fans. Even with uh, even with streamers, you'd see people trying to stream snipe them all the time. It was a big thing, right? So now instead of just trying to hit the lotto and like end up in the same lobby as your favorite pro gamer, for example, now you could just get get in there. 
actually play with them and not uh not <laughs> tilt the shit out of them by finding where they are and uh, yeah there's that that famous clip of the stream cipher looking for ninja i'm pretty sure it was in, in fortnite when they had the planes and he just gets in a plane just beelines right to him and he's on comms or something and he's just freaking out and then ninja gets him and it went super viral uh and it's just like that's streamers to have some aspect of actually playing with fans and their interaction with fans not being because those people are still fans even if they're uh trying to stream snipe them they might not be their favorite fans but having a better way of them to try and play with fans seems like it would be beneficial to the streamers as well be like yeah come through this platform where you can play together you don't have to just try and tilt the crap out of me uh the whole time absolutely and it takes out favorism it's first come first serve whoever books a session and gets accepted can play um if you play with one individual and ignore the others everybody who subscribed to you feels like they uh, got shafted or got treated unfairly so this democratizes it and also uh allows you to build your profile on our platform so the more sessions you play the next time somebody goes and says i want to search for somebody in the us to play fortnite with um, your rank will be there and you will come up uh, sooner than other individuals who aren't as active on the platform makes sense on a general level when we talk about celebrities and even streamers well let's let's talk mainstream celebrities here what has changed in gaming? You know, these people were always playing gaming. You think about athletes like Marshawn Lynch appearing in Call of Duty four or five years ago, but it was never talked about nearly as much as it has been, especially during this pandemic. What is the value of being a gamer to a celebrity on a general level? You know, for Esports Network, we have tried to sign up some celebrities. We were like, okay, we got Chris Buck to host. We'll get some celebrities yeah. to appear on the Gamer Hour. And we very quickly found bunch of athletes who were like yeah i want to do it yeah i want to do it and it was yeah. it was crazy so what's the value of being a gamer while you're a celebrity i think it's uh, the relatability there's three billion gamers out there um everybody feels like they can relate to you even if you're a superstar if you play the same game as them because then you get hey even drake plays fortnite even marshawn lynch plays uh madden or fortnite etc so it kind of brings that relatability and I believe the turning point for gaming and entertainment, they intersected when Ninja and Drake played Fortnite together on the live stream. That's what shattered kind of the conception of gaming being nerdy or a geeky endeavor. I feel like that created an environment where people felt confident and safe enough to say, I'm a gamer and it's cool. And then females came out of nowhere, really owning the fact that they're gamers, celebrities, everybody. I think it just needed a push on the swing um and now that the cat's out of the bag everybody is moving towards just adding gaming as a bigger part of their life yeah there's there's no doubt that that drake with with uh ninja stream where juju and travis scott joined later was a pretty watershed moment and people were like oh okay this is cool like this has the the blessing of drake who's obviously one of the most popular celebrities in any field that we have right now and he's playing with ninja he's playing fortnite uh the the energy of that night i remember just uh, i remember exactly where i was watching that. i was like wow this feels unique and this feels really uh really special when drake tweets out playing fort space night with ninja and it goes absolutely bonkers and ninja just starts getting all these like subs immediately there was Something unique about that night for sure has led to this level of celebrity adoption in, in gaming and esports for sure. 
And there's also been the rise of some other platforms. You guys are incredibly popular on TikTok, and it's a platform that has been leveraged by gamers really quickly. You know, it's on massive growth, uh, starting to try to expand to the U.S. Uh, and just being really, really popular. And gaming content, especially, has catapulted through it. And I didn't even realize all the different platforms and all the different handles you guys had. So just running through it, they have the tag at Gamer, over a million followers. Game Lancer, the official uh, name of the company, at 2 million followers. At Gaming, at 3.7 million followers, including me. I didn't realize it was them until uh, right before this podcast. And E-Girl at 600,000. So that's about 7.5 million followers over four accounts. What could you tell people who want to be popular on that platform, especially in gaming communities, and how you've been so successful on TikTok in a relatively short period of time, I have to imagine? Yeah, um, I'll take this one. I didn't know if Darren wanted to answer it or myself. So TikTok, it really became popular at the beginning of this year. And their algorithm, since there wasn't a lot of advertisers on the platform yet to compete with organic reach, gave every creator on the platform, including the gaming creators, a very fair chance of succeeding if they post good content. And it is the younger generation that's frequenting TikTok. So we feel like we are tapping into the next generation of gamers. But as the platform became more and more popular, you're seeing the rest of you know, the millennials, uh, Gen Z basically come on board and uh, the platform is skewing older now. So we've always been early adopters of platforms that are showing momentum. And we will be using this as the springboard for the growth of the Game Lancer platform. Um, any strategic partnerships um, we may have with teams or brands and uh, any initiatives we have in our pipeline. Uh, we're growing at around 300,000 new fans a week currently. That's absolutely absurd. On the content front, what works so well on the platform? Gaming clips clearly are doing really well, but what other uh, secrets, tips, and tricks do you guys use to make uh, your content get picked up by the algorithm and be well-liked by the TikTok community? Yeah, since we have such a large platform and we have the distribution, we actually have a large variety of content creators that work exclusively with us and submit content. And we know that these creators have content that performs historically well on our network in the past. So with very high confidence, we can say, hey, every time user X submits a Fortnite video for us, we know historically it performs. And uh, we're just very careful about what we post. Uh, we try to be uh, timely, trending, and also the most important part is relatable. Where do you source that content from? Does it come from people on the Game Lancer platform? How does it work within the general business mission of Game Lancer? We have a video feature on our platform, and that's something we're really rallying behind. So gamers and users and creators actually have the ability to upload their own videos to the Game Lancer platform, and our internal team and staff will actually review those. And the ones they approve, they will post across our network. So we intake it, it gets DM'd to us, uh, and we request some content sometimes. For example, Among Us is very popular right now. We want to see what the best Among Us clips in the community are. So we'll post a video on our channels and say, submit your best Among Us videos on content.gamelancer.com, and we will get a lot of submissions and uh, pick the winners. Definitely. I mean, you, you can't argue with the numbers. Yeah, about 70 million likes on just the Game Lancer handle alone on all the different videos. 
you mentioned the algorithm on TikTok, and it's different from many of the other gaming platforms in that it can be really difficult to be discovered as a new content creator. And for some reason, TikTok seems to, just the way it delivers individual videos to you, it seems to allow people to be discovered. Do you want other gaming platforms to introduce a little bit more discoverability on their platforms like TikTok has, and it's been so successful for TikTok, uh, to allow new creators to be discovered? You know, people, a lot of yeah. Twitch streamers I would, uh, complain about this because you go down. Uh, yeah. No, I would love that. I mean, if you look at Twitch, you click any game and you go sort by recently joined, you'll see a graveyard of very good, great gamers, very good content creators, pages and pages, zero viewers. So you have individuals putting in all the work, um, they're streaming, but they don't have a, a soul even watching this. I've played with some individuals that they're like, I'm getting ready for my 24 hour stream hydrating, getting everything ready because I'm going to go hard. And I'm like, hey, you must have a pretty large viewership to commit 24 hours straight to a stream. And they're like, yeah, I have on average two people watching me. And I told them those are the luckiest two people in the world. You care that much about them. But uh, it is hard. It is very hard to break into YouTube or Twitch and become a streamer. Um, so we think this is the perfect natural progression of the gaming industry. Absolutely. Let's end on sort of where the gaming industry is going. As you create a new revenue path for top gamers, how do you see gaming in general evolving and the different play between pro players, streamers, content creators? What trends are you seeing going forward in gaming and how is GameLens trying to prepare for those? Yeah, the main trends we're seeing is uh, a lot of games are coming out much faster than they previously did. You know, you have games like Fall Guys having the throne for a few weeks and Among Us comes out of nowhere and takes the throne. And this disruption is happening more and more on a regular basis. And the blend between pro gamers, creators, and casual gamers, the lines are starting to blur. Um, and I do believe that they will all be playing together in the future through certain different channels um, just for the social aspect of it. Yeah, and the rise of celebrity as well on these platforms where you start to see top gamers playing with celebrities and a ton of crossover on that front as well. It's going to be really interesting to see how it develops going forward. Well, Darren, Roz, thank you so much for joining the show. It was great talking to you guys. I want to have you one final chance to talk about Game Lancer, uh, where people should be following. I think we mentioned some of your TikTok channels, uh, but what do you want people looking out for for Game Lancer in the future? Yeah, check out GameLancer.com. We have our official launch coming in about a month. Um, the desktop and mobile version experience is great right now. If you're ever looking to make some uh, extra revenue from doing what you love or finding some cool gamers when your friends aren't online or just want to have a better, uh, better time, uh, check us out and we uh, guarantee you'll have a better gaming experience. Absolutely. And you'll be able to find Game Lancer socials and their website by going to Darren and Roz's guest pages right underneath this podcast. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Esports Network Podcast. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll be back on Monday with an interview with the co-founder of StriveCloud. It's a company that is helping massive traditional sports leagues create gamification and esports competitions based on the video game that their sport competes in. So you'll be able to have that podcast coming live on Monday. As always, I'm your host, Bit Dreams. This is the Esports Network Podcast, part presented by Reuters.